We're talking drums, creating conversations with the world's top drummers in the most extreme genres. This episode is brought to you by Los Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one choice for drumsticks. They provide the wood you need to make the beats you deserve. Los Cabos Drumsticks. Now with your host, Corey Hoffing. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 52 of the We're Talking Drums podcast. Before we get into everything today, I just want to say if you guys are looking for some We're Talking Drums merch, the merch that we have up on our official store right now, this is the last chance to get it. So if you want these designs, go check them out now. You can find links to our official merch store in the show notes or in our bio of any social media. So go get that while you can. We will be getting some new merch designs up, but this is the last chance to grab those before they're gone. Um, but... Also, that being said, we have some new killer merch on the way, so I'm very excited for all of that. This week's guest is none other than Dave Rucky, drummer of Sentinels. Their latest record, Collapse by Design, came out on October 22nd on Sharp Tone Records. It's produced by Randy LaBeouf over at Graphic Nature, and... As soon as this record came out, they were on tour with Lorna Shore and Enterprise Earth. Then right after that, hit the road with Born of Osiris, Shadow of Intent, Signs of the Swarm. And coming up, they have a small headlining run of the East Coast, which they'll be hitting Toronto. I'm very excited to see them February 27th at Hard Luck Bar. Hope to see everyone there. And then they head to Europe and the UK with fit for an autopsy in May. So, man, these guys are absolutely crushing it. This new record is an absolute banger. It sounds sonically, it, it's it's incredible. It absolutely blew my mind. Uh, and uh, I think it is mainly because of that glorious bell brass snare that he uses on it. Oh, it, it sounds lovely. It is worth checking out the record just to hear the snare drum. I kid you not. All right. <laughs> All right. That being said, go listen to their new record, Collapse by Design. Also, furthermore of that, go check out Dave Ruckey's podcast, the Six Stroke Podcast. All right. He has had on some incredible guests and had awesome conversations. I listened to it. And... You know what he did? He did a track-by-track -track breakdown of their record class by design. So make sure you go check that out. We talk about that on this episode. We talk about all kinds of stuff, man. We talk about how you need to eat shit to eat glory later, how he almost got arrested with his first photo shoot with Sentinels, how we both love Los Cabos drumsticks, even though he's on the red hickory side, I'm on the white hickory side, but it's okay. We could still be friends. All right. Here's my conversation with Dave Rucky. Have yourself a wonderful day. Dave Rucky, welcome to the We're Talking Drums podcast. How you doing today, man? 
I'm great, man. Thanks for thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to talking some drums. That's right, man. That's what we do here. Sometimes we talk a little bit of drums, you know. Um, Love that. You got any beverage or anything over there you're sipping on, or? I do. I I got a big a big thing of water and uh, and my drink of choice, which I'm sure a lot of people make fun of me for. Uh, I got a raspberry white claw because. Oh, I'm get, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm getting to a certain age where beer like just feels like a full meal to me or or, or something cuz if I have like anything other than beer or or like straight liquor or something I just feel full and I don't want to do anything. So White Claw, I'm a fan of seltzer and I like, you know, I like the drink. So that's my drink of choice. That's that that's my bev check for the podcast. Nice, man professional here you always got to have a water handy just in case you never know when you're going to run out of whatever your tasty beverage is but you need that's what i'm saying you got to keep the chops wet you know all all podcasters know that that's that's crucial you got to and uh i will say like with the uh with the beer i last time i was in germany they they always equated one pint to a loaf of bread yeah (laughs) i i i'm not one to eat a whole loaf of bread so i mean fuck that would probably uh put me out for a little bit yeah but they would always say like for every beer you had it's like a loaf of bread so if you didn't eat anything today at least you have a couple beers and then that's like eating a couple loaves of bread so you're good yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's sick all right dude yeah let's uh let's talk some drums you play for a band called sentinels from uh new jersey are all the members from new jersey um, we're all from New Jersey except for our vocalist Josh, who is uh, currently in Dallas, Texas. We found him when he was still uh, an Alabama boy. So uh, shortly after we got him, he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna move to Dallas." And we're like, "Oh, all right, a little further. <laughs> That's yeah. fine." So yeah, uh, we're all Jersey dudes except him. Okay, sick man, sick. Um, so you're not the original drummer of the band. Right. Um, how was it that you came to be a part of this unit? Yeah, uh, that's correct. I'm actually the third drummer in the timeline of Sentinels, but I've been uh, with the band longer than the previous two. Um, so I was in a another band prior, and I had met Chris and Thomas, the two guitar players, at some point um, early on in 2015. When my old, like, I I don't know if we played a show together. I, I'm not sure if that was the case, but uh, I remember going to check them out at uh, my friend's CD release show um, because I, you know, obviously wanted to support his band, even though I hate to say it, his band was pretty rough. Uh, <laughs> but I went there because the, the lineup of bands that they had out opening was uh, was awesome and Sentinels was on there. So I went to go check them out, and I just thought they were wild. Um, and I was a big fan of the EP and single they had out at the time. It was just uh, nutty and some of the, the the sickest shit that I had heard coming out of my own state. So I went to go check them out, and then I talked to Chris and, and Thomas after the show or, like, you know, during the show in between bands at their merch table. We linked up and talked a little bit. I told them what band I was in, and they were like, oh, yeah, cool. We, we, we like your, your band, and... Uh, and or whatever we're just ex- exchanging uh you know greetings essentially and then a couple months later uh Chris hit me up on Facebook and asked if he can give me a call and I was like yeah sure what's up and sure enough he mentioned that you know 
they were going on uh, like a summer run of shows with Currents, and I was like, okay, never never heard of them. And he mentioned that their drummer at the time was like in the same time as those shows, he was going out and doing stuff with his hardcore band. So he, you know, went to go do that instead. And so they needed a fill in. So he asked if I was down. I said I was very down. Um, and then I just got to work on learning the songs. And luckily I had a couple months to do so because the songs were a little bit out of my reach at the time. Uh, you know, a lot of blast beats and stuff on the, and that early stuff. And, uh, the drums were just animalistic. So I was like, holy shit, I really got to step up my game here and I don't want to let these guys down. So I, you know, just went to our rehearsal space a bunch and just really grinded out the songs. And then, you know, we rehearsed together and it was, you know, a really great fit. We went out and, and did the shows. And then, you know, afterwards, Chris and I had talked and he was like, hey man, like if anything ever happens to our drummer, you know, the the chemistry was great here. We would love to have you on full time. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Because at the time I was kind of feeling down about, you know, the band I was in and I kind of wanted an out, but I didn't want to not have a band. So um, literally the next day after that, like after I got back, I was at work and he, he, Chris texted me and was like, Hey man, keep it on the DL, but our drummer quit. And uh, we just wanted to know if you wanted to join. And I was like, fuck yes. So right there it was like that easy and i you know it's kind of a testament to just how great the guys were and and how much i love the music because uh normally i'd i'd be a little bit apprehensive about just kind of jumping ship like that um but yeah i i've been with them now for just over 6 years and i think it's like the longest i've been in a band in in years so you know still going steady things are starting to kind of go well for us so i'm excited to see what the future holds yeah, dude, absolutely. And I definitely says a lot when you immediately were just like, fuck yeah, I am down. Like it yeah, says a lot certainly. about the, the, the guys in the band because that chemistry of of uh, just like being bros together and everything and you had uh, gone on the road with them for a little bit. So just knowing immediately like, yes, I am down 100%. That says a lot about what you guys had together. And now that you guys have been together for like, like six years, I'd say – you know, that was the right choice to make. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I've never regretted the decision because, you know, sometimes you'll you'll hop ship. And, you know, I, I think the only time I ever like had any fear, believe it or not, was when I first joined. We went to go like take promos, like uh, basically like our first pictures, like with me in the band and the photographer who we had at the time recommended this abandoned uh, insane asylum. And, uh, or I'm probably, I'm sure that's not a really PC way of putting it nowadays, but, uh, a, 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 an abandoned psych ward. Um, there we so go. we yeah. went there and there were like some, some people like working on the power lines, like right outside. And they were like, yeah, you know, it's extremely illegal to shoot here. So we got to be careful and not discreetly at all. We like ran right in front of the, the people working on the power lines to get in there. They called the cops. We got the shots, but then. We all got busted and were like charged with trespassing and got like, you know, almost like a thousand dollar fine each and shit like that Fuck. for being there. And they were all like really concerned. They were like, oh, dude, what if this goes on my record? I'm like trying to get a, a degree in criminal justice. And I was like, 
I was like, fuck, man, did I just jump in a band where like it wasn't serious for these guys? And yeah. it was such a weird situation at first. But luckily, you know, it all it all blew over pretty easily and we got past it. But I was just like, damn, like that's a pretty big red flag right from the start that it just seemed like this little situation could like crumble us all. Yeah. I was like, all right. But uh yeah, other than that, I mean it's it's been great ever since and I just saw huge potential in the band and, and I loved uh the guys in the band. So, you know, knowing that I, I guess I wasn't completely like wrong about the band, knowing that like we were able to achieve some success and like get our foot in the door with like some labels and, you know, managers who, you know, are highly respected that that, you know, have done a lot of good for us and you know, it, it really made me feel good to know that I made the right choice. Yeah, man. And with a situation like that, I know myself, I'm the type of person where I'm like, yo, this is like as as much as it sucks getting a a thousand dollar fine or anything like that's something that kind of like brings you together. And when guys are like freaking out, like it's like the end of the world and everything like that, like, you know, it kind of like it it is kind of like a red flag, like, oh, wait, like, no, this is. This is like a cool moment for us, a story to tell later. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. This as was a, our this was our first uh, situation together as like me officially in the band. Like that that's a great thing to look back on. But yeah, it definitely did bring us closer because we were all like in the shit together, mm-hmm. like you know, young kids together and whatnot. So yeah, it's pretty funny to look back on. Yeah, exactly. When you're in those situations or like when you're on tour and like broken down on the side of the road and you're like, we might fucking die here, <laughs> you know, yeah, like afterwards absolutely. you're like, okay, it actually wasn't that bad. Um, you know, we all survived and now we can laugh about it. So it's cool. But when you're in it, you're like, fuck this, this kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. Like when you're in it, it's the end of the world. Yeah. 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 But afterwards it, that, that is the shit that bonds you. Right. So yeah, that's, absolutely. It's the hard times that, that make people closer more than anything. Absolutely, man. If everybody had it easy all the time, fuck, everything, life would just be boring. I don't know. Agreed. <sighs> you need to eat shit sometimes to, to eat, you know, glory later or whatever the fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I know? like that. You need to eat shit to eat, eat glory later. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what we're going to call it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, man. All right, let's let's talk about this fucking new record because uh, I've been slamming it for the last like fucking three weeks straight, man. It is absolutely insane. And the first question I got for you is, did you use a Tama Bell brass on this record? Snap. Uh, I did, and also thank you. I I really appreciate those kind words. Um, yeah, it was a uh, a Tama Bell brass uh, reissue. I think it was like the fortieth anniversary or something. Um, it was one that, that Craig Reynolds actually got for the studio, uh, I think, and to like keep in the States, like when Stray tours around here. So, uh, he, he got a Tama Bell brass to keep at the studio for them to record and for him to tour with or whatever. And then Craig also gave Will Putney, uh, his VK hoop for the top. So for this record, it was, yeah, the Tama Bell brass with a... A VK cast bronze hoop on top, so the rim shot was just cracking. Fuck. Yeah, dude, that snare sounds so fucking good on this record. Oh, my I God. I love it, man. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it hearing it back. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, I, I listened to it specifically just to listen to that drum tone. Like, dude, the drums sound so fucking phenomenal on this album. I've never... 
I, w- I will say, I, I checked it out because uh, I saw that, um, I think uh, Bryce Butler, um, he's been on the podcast before. I think he mentioned you guys to me. And then so I checked it out and immediately I was like, fuck, these drums sound so fucking good. <laughs> like I got so pumped just on the the drum tone and the sound of this record overall, man. Um who That's is so it? Um, Randy LaBeouf uh, was uh, the the producer on this, right? Correct. Yeah, and dude, my drums never sound better. Like, you know, unless he he's the one touching them. Like he he absolutely is like so so good at getting the the drums dialed in perfectly, and he has such a great process for keeping them in tune and in check, like during uh, the recording process and. Hell, even after like we're done at the studio, I go home with my drums, and they sound still perfectly in tune. And I'm just like, dude, what the hell? I've tried to like replicate his process like over the, like over the years, and mm-hmm. I just still can't nail it. So that man's just a genius. Like his ears are clearly still pretty well intact, even after years of you know mixing and producing metal records and shit. So and my ears are pretty shot to begin with, so it's hard for me to tune drums as nicely as he does. But yeah, he. He's so great at getting the drum tones just right and, like, listening to, to what kind of drum sound we want. Because a lot of producers will just recommend, like, a like a template drum sound that they have. And, and I'm I'm a huge nerd, and I'm quite annoying when it comes to my drum tones. So he, he was very uh, open to, you know, trying, like, a different snare tune and, like, going a little bit higher and whatnot. And uh, I, I hope that one day we can release, like, the instrumentals because, uh, you know, that way everyone can hear things a little bit like closer um like with the toms and whatnot and funny fun fact about uh since you mentioned bryce i actually lent him uh my drums and uh my vk snare for uh, the recording of the new shadow of a tent record that actually dropped today elegy i fucking so knew it I the drums on, it. <laughs> on that record are also my drums so nice. and the, the drums not even to you know toot my own horn here like the, the drums sound phenomenal uh grant and carson who recorded the drums made him sound phenomenal so it's super sick to hear my drums on like a a like a a death metal record essentially and it's like hearing them in a way that i wouldn't hear them normally so sick yeah man and uh christian donaldson uh is the guy who mixed it who fucking brought all that shit to life and uh yeah it's fucking absolutely incredible i was in montreal with christian uh recording uh, the new Crimson Shadows record uh, in December, and he showed me the whole record, and it fucking blew my mind. I was like, the yeah. whole new Shadow of Intent record. If you haven't checked it out, go listen. It came out today. What is it? January fourteenth. So go fucking listen to it because it is sick. And yeah, dude, yeah. the drums sound absolutely phenomenal on it. And I hell yeah. I knew it was that same snare too. I can, I can, I was like, I've heard this before. Uh, yeah, because uh, he, I, I brought Bryce uh, a couple snares because his whole thing was like he wanted to like go all Tama, but I told him he could also, if he wanted to, use uh, my VK cast bronze that I got um, like maybe six months ago, maybe a little bit more. Or I think I've had it a little bit longer than that now. I'm kind of losing track of time. Time's just flying. But um, I was like, yeah, you can bring that too if you want. Because, um, you know, I think Wiseman uh, wanted to, like, have the same kind of snare sound as on Melancholy. And he mentioned what snare it was. I was like, all right, well, I think you'll get the closest thing here. But I also brought him uh, my Tama 
John Tempesta snare and then uh, my Tama Star Classic G Maple and was like, here, if you want to have like all Tama, like these will be like the Studio Magic snares. But I said, but also if you want to break away from it a little bit, this VK will do the job and more. So it's super sick to hear the drums in a different context, especially like handled by all different producers now. It's it's yeah. such a drum nerd thing for me to hear like my drums, you know, not only, you know, be like the t the tones that come from them be loved from all these like esteemed producers and and mixing engineers but like also like to hear them in mixed in different ways and processed differently you know for d different scenarios musically and so that that was a huge pleasure of mine was to get to hang out with Bryce that day like during setup and hear like the raw drum tones and then hear Christian on the other end of like the like their Zoom call or whatever being like damn that snare is cracking and I'm like yeah. let's go <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. And like when we used a, um, it was a Persuader uh, Mapex brass hammered snare uh, for ours, and Christian was fucking losing it over the snare tone for our record. So I am sick. excited to see how that turns out in the mix. Oh, I'm sure it'll sound phenomenal, man. Christian is like an absolute monster behind the board. So yeah, oh, yeah I'm sure man. you're going to get a, a great mix. Oh yeah. Oh dude, I, f I I hope so anyways. And I hopefully we don't need to do any sample replacement trickery cuz man, he put that. me through the ringer for that that record, man. Like uh I've never hit my snare so hard <laughs> in like that many times. Like my fucking arm was so sore after the second day. I was like, fuck, I don't know if I can do this. Still got how many songs left? Like, right yeah it's it's tough because it's like you want to be able to hit hard because like you know drums sound better like especially snare drums they respond mm -hmm. better when you hit them harder so it's like you know that's one big thing with producers it's like you know they don't want you hitting super soft because you know you want like good tonality and if you really want a drum to sing you really got to hit it and you know so i'm sure that like you're gonna have a, a banging snare sound for sure i'm not too familiar with the the mapex persuader but i used to play mapex a lot back in the day and was a huge uh nerd for their stuff yeah well it's the um the predecessor to the sledgehammer that uh, oh. all the guys used to use nice yeah i had one yeah. of those myself for uh, a period of time super sick so i can only imagine how sick that one sounds yeah it's literally the exact same specs i have no idea why they changed the name of it but it's a 14 by six and a half uh and it's a 1.2 mil brass hammered snare so it's like literally the exact same i don't wow. know yeah yeah it, that thing's probably killer <laughs> yeah, dude, it's super sick. I love it. Uh, and it was super nice. Like, I'm a, a Mapex artist, and they actually shipped a because I, I flew to Montreal, so I didn't bring any of my own drums, just my cymbals and pedals. And then they got a Mapex kit uh, in the Long McQuaid uh, music store uh, in Montreal. And then they didn't have a Persuader snare, but the guy there was like, don't worry, I'll. I'll figure it out. And he actually like ordered one in to that store specifically just to rent it out for me. So it's all completely brand new drums I got to take into the studio and first <laughs> one to ever use any of them. It was super sick. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, man. I love Mapex. Like they've been such a fucking awesome company to play for the last like year and a half. I got little over a year since I've been with them. And they've just like been so sick. Like yeah, I can imagine, man. Like I, I, 
I grew up playing Mapex drums. Um, like my my grandfather, he like who he's the one who taught me how to play drums when I was a kid. He had a a Mapex like it was like back when like they like before it was called M series or anything like that. It was like the Mars series or like Mars Pro. It was like a red satin stain. It was like 12, 13, 16, and like a 14 matching snare and, you know, 22 kick. Like that thing sounded incredible. And eventually I, I bought my uncle's like M series, which was like orange. And, you know, then I, I just geeked out on, on Mapex for years. And then eventually I owned a, a Saturn kit and I, I loved that. And then I got uh, pulled away by SJC for whatever reason. And uh, after that is when I got, like, into Tama. But, yeah, Mapex has always made great drums and, you know, stellar, stellar-sounding drums. Like, you can you can never go wrong with, like, a good Mapex kit. No, man, no. I, I love them. Uh, I would say the only company that would pull me away would be Tama because I've never played on a Tama kit that wasn't fucking awesome. So understandable, they are sick. <laughs> yeah, they're and dude, they they look fucking awesome too. Like they sound like every company makes okay. Like there's a top like four or five companies, anyways, that make like super high quality drums that I would be happy with any of them. Uh, yeah. Like for the tone qualities, but the appearance does matter somewhat you know yeah so and sure. having i mean you know we all enjoy like a good looking drum kit as much as we do a good sounding one so if you can absolutely you know, have both of those elements then you know you can't go wrong yeah and tama makes beautiful looking kits so they hey. do and like star classic kits like all come with like you know die cast hoops and shit so like you get a, a nicer like rim sound on it like you know can't go wrong at all yeah, I'm still waiting for fucking Alan Cassidy to do his video showing everybody his beautiful kit so I can talk about it more. But <laughs> he got an, that's a the new, that's the dude from Black Dahlia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got oh, a, yeah. a new kit for the first time like ever since he joined Black Dahlia. Like he's still playing on like Shannon Lucas's kit. Um, oh my god, that's nuts! <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, so he finally got like a new kit, and he he fucking went all out, like all out, uh, like last year. And he was working on a video to kind of like do a, a run through of everything because it's like this discontinued finish and everything. It looks fucking insane. I love it. I love that's, I love Tama, so even sick. though I, you know. My my heart belongs to uh, to Mapex, but if I had a side piece, it would be it would be Tama for sure. Hell yeah! Let's hope they don't hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, Craig, I love you. Don't worry. Like, <laughs> that's my artist rep for Mapex. I'm sure he I'm listens sure. to every episode. So I'm sure he'll forgive you. Mm -hmm. Ah, anyways, all right. Let's let's talk about this album more, man, because. Um, you had a lot more to do with it than just playing the drums, but um, so you wrote all like ninety percent of the lyrics for it, at least. Would you say? Yeah, pretty. Yeah, I wrote all the lyrics for the record except for one song, and mm -hmm. I kind of co-wrote uh, lyrics on that on that one. Um, yeah, so that that's basically that. Okay, so without getting into like the full, all right. If if you want a full lyrical breakdown and everything of that, go listen to Dave's uh, podcast episode on the Six Stroke podcast. 
that he did a full breakdown of the lyrics of the entire record, track by track. Go listen to that, because it is fucking awesome. I listened to it. It was two hours of you yeah. going through the whole thing. I listened to the whole thing, man. It was sick. It was super cool to to hear like your whole breakdown of, of everything, and uh, I... I really made me understand and feel the record in a in a different way. Not, I wouldn't say different, but just a, a little more impactful, I guess. Uh, when yeah, I was listening I, through I, the I record think, like, again. Sorry, not to not to cut you off there. My bad. No, go ahead, man. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, like, it, it's pretty funny that like it took me, the person who write the who wrote the lyrics, to like took me two hours to try to explain some pretty simple shit, but. Yeah, like that was my whole approach was to to you know make our our record not just like a, a musician's record. I wanted it to connect uh, with listeners on uh, a more humane level and um, a more personal level, I should say, because that was something I always felt was lacking with the band in, in the past. Was that like you know no matter how much we put into lyrics, uh, it just didn't seem to really connect with people, and like people didn't really remember or they didn't know lyrics at shows to, like, shout out or whatever. And that's something I'm always a fan of, of seeing is, like, the crowd engagement. And so if you can write something that can resonate with people, I think that will help elevate your band uh, and, and bring your band to a, a different level. And so that was my mission, and, and I'm glad to hear that, you know, it, it's, you know, succeeded, you know, at least to some degree, because there are people out there who are connecting with the lyrics a lot more, and, and I'm super grateful for that. But... um yeah, it, it was definitely a, a pretty in-depth analysis episode. Something I just wanted to do because it was something I'd never done before, and I really wanted to like take the time to put some focus on that so that you know it gave a little bit more longevity to the record and and uh, gave people maybe a little bit more of a reason to listen deeper than just the surface level. Mm -hmm. For sure, man. And it was it was really cool to to hear you kind of go through each thing and then and i know you just you went back a couple of times were like well, what am i even talking about you know like <laughs> what the fuck is this i was like which brought a little bit of humor to it cuz it is a very like like close kind of personal uh, an emotional type of record as well. So the thing, the themes you're talking about and everything in it are, you know, kind of like a sensitive matters and stuff. So you having that little bit of comedy in there kind of broke it up and it's like, it made the two hours like go by pretty quickly actually. So yeah. I'm, was, I'm glad. Yeah. Cause I, I can't even my own thing where I, I try to take something serious. I can't help, but like, you know, joke about things. I'm I'm a clown uh, in in the highest regard. So I yeah. I can't help but make jokes about stuff like even in serious matters. I just, it's just how I am and, and who I am. And so I feel like if I was just like being serious and trying to make people get serious with me, then you know that's not fun to listen to. So like, yeah, you have to break the tension for sure. Yeah. So everybody, go listen to that. Um, we don't we don't need to get into anything because you touch on all of it. Literally all of it. Go listen to Dave talk in your ear for two hours about the breakdown because it, it is uh it is super sick and it's such a fucking great record. Uh lyrically, but now let's talk more about instrumentally. Cause this album and I would say Sentinels just in general are a very rhythm heavy uh and like groove centric band. 
Uh, For sure, yeah. Absolutely. Like, do you guys, uh, what do you, uh, you guys call yourself progressive metalcore, right? Yeah, I I feel like that's, like, our way of not saying gent, <laughs> just because, like, you know, yeah, it's it's genty music for sure, and it can be thrown in a gent category, and and it'll come up on Spotify, like, if, if you like other gent or genty bands, like, it'll probably tell you, like, hey, listen to us too, so, I mean, yeah, there's no, de- like, denying that, like, we are, like, a genty metal band, but, um, yeah, like, I don't know, I think there's been a little bit more of a... I don't want to say a conscious effort to make it like more metalcore because it doesn't sound anything like traditional metalcore by definition. Not at all. But, you know, because at the end of the day, I just look at it like, yeah, we're a metal band. It's progressive, but, you know, there's the core element, which, you know, you you got your breakdowns and stuff like that. So, like, when I look at it, like, I I like to say, yeah, it's progressive metalcore. Yeah, honestly, there was only one band or I guess like two technical bands that I could um, kind of put you in the same category as, and that is Humanity's Last Breath and Viljarta. Like, that's pretty much like you guys are on that, in the Thal category, I would say, anyways. I love like, that. Thank you. Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> they, they they definitely played a, a much heavier influence uh, on this record uh, than anything in the past. Um mm-hmm. Being that there was quite a amount of time in between uh, the last record and this one and having a lot more music available to us from uh, Humanities. And I mean, obviously, we didn't really get like New Viljarda until like after like, you know, a week before our record actually came out. But like, you know, we had listened to a lot more Viljarda and not that like it was a conscious effort on Chris's part or anything. It just kind of came out naturally that that influence and, and stuff that we're all interested in. So I'm I'm glad that people can hear uh, the influence there for sure. Yeah, well, and it's just nice to have. I don't I don't see a whole lot of bands doing that type of I guess type of gent I guess if you will. I have always disliked gent music for a long time, and then I started realizing that a lot of the bands I'm listening to lately are considered gent, and I'm like, oh shit, I guess I like that type of music now but i think that things have just shifted and it's like dude it's so brutally heavy that like i don't consider it gent and like i i just love more music like humanity's last breath because that last fucking album was so good oh yeah absolutely I, i fully agree with that and and to even touch more like on on that whole element of like disliking gent, like I understand where you're coming from because when someone describes a band as gent to me, like even though I'm like somewhat like pretty much in that genre myself, I am automatically just kind of turned off because it's like you yeah. almost know what you're gonna expect. You're gonna expect like a very like that very uh, typical, either like super chunky like. Uh, heavily processed uh genty guitar tone or you're gonna get that really thin like no no balls to it like sounding guitar tone and then you're gonna get a very thin like spacey sounding ambient tone for like all the melodic stuff yeah so it's like you almost kind of know what you're getting into and i joking i jokingly said on my podcast one time like when we were talking about new metal and gent i was like gent is basically new metal's like dorky cousin 
because 100%, yeah. when people hear that a band is like new metal, they also kind of do the same thing where they're like, ugh, where a lot of people, there's a stigma around like the, the title new metal and there's very much a stigma around, um, around Gent and they're both very heavily groove based music in, in the metal genre. I would also so say metalcore. Metalcore also has a stigma. Like calling oh, a band yeah. metalcore is like, uh, you know, like, uh, Nobody likes to be called metalcore. They think of just scene bands and like kids with swoopy haircuts and stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Even though for like the most part, I feel like that, that time of metalcore is like in the past. Like everyone's yeah. got like a pompadour and, or they have like, you know, super long hair now. But yeah, I, I totally like understand that where it, it's funny where like back in the day, I, I guess like what I like, what I always thought of of metalcore was like Kill Switch Engage or uh, like Unearth and and yeah. then um, stuff like Misery Signals and then like years later like all like the the Rise core bands like stuff like that like that also kind of fell under metalcore I guess under like definition but you know metalcore is such a, a a broad term gent is like new metal like i like every title is so i guess it's just how like the the composer or like how they like to view it like it's always going to be different from what uh the public and what the listeners describe it as like i don't care if someone calls us a gent band i i really don't anymore like i'm mm -hmm. i'm over titles and stuff like that but yeah it's hard to describe like our specific sound to people because you know, if it's someone in the metal world, I'll go a little bit more in depth. But if it's like an outside listener or someone who doesn't listen to metal, I just tell them we're a metal band. That's it. Because yeah. if I try to give them subgenres, like upon subgenres, they're going to be so lost and not know what the fuck I'm talking about. Dude, that's that's it, man. And like with, with my band, whenever people ask me, I'm like, do you know Dragon Force? And they're like, if they say no, then I say, okay, well, we, we play metal. That's it. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. fast. If you know Dragon Force, then like, okay, it's like that, but with screaming vocals. Like, that's pretty nice. much what, what we are, right? So it was like, that's, Love it. that's the easiest way to describe it. But anybody who doesn't listen to metal, it's like, I don't, it doesn't matter then, I guess. <laughs> You're not going to listen to it. So, uh, yeah, but <laughs> it's, it's tough, like trying to uh, describe like your art uh, yeah. to somebody. Like, based That's off it. of like a title or a genre it's very difficult and i've kind of given up on it over the years so i just say we're in a metal band like to keep it broad and then you know i let them listen to it and they can you know come up with their own thing yeah like and anybody who isn't a musician it's like you're not gonna understand what is actually going on to be because dude with you guys you guys are so like ah, it's so insane like how you you you're constantly doing different subdivisions and like as a drummer it's insane to listen to and i checked out some of your videos and it's even more crazy to fucking watch you play this shit like <laughs> dude i um all right so quickly just jumping over you guys have a tour booked uh coming up uh in february I am yes. really 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 hoping that this still happens i don't know if it uh if it's been canceled as of yet, I didn't see anything. But no, I mean everything's still going as planned. But yeah, I'm 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 nervous, like hoping that uh, those Canada dates can happen. Right, I'm stoked because you guys are coming to Toronto, so I 100 percent will fucking be there, and because I, I want to see this shit live. 
That's my oh, biggest yeah. thing, man. I like I gotta like experience this shit now, because uh, yeah, dude, it it it's been blowing my mind. Just like and and it's kind of been motivating me too, just kind of step up my game and like kind of figure figure these parts out to myself. So I actually want to take some time and like sit down with one of these songs and try to figure out what the hell you're doing, because <laughs> dude, it's well, it's crazy, man. Any drummer out there, which should be literally all drummers listening to this podcast, we're not we don't allow anybody else other than drummers to listen. So there's like a mm-hmm. scanning process that we do. Uh, the way so, it should be. So uh, yeah, anybody listening should check out sentinel's new record because uh it's collapsed by design it's fucking sick um yeah anyways a little like mid mid podcast promo again uh i I love it i appreciate it and i love it and honestly dude if it makes you feel any better if when you try to approach our stuff just know i don't know what the hell i'm doing either i just feel everything (laughs) out that's literally how it is i don't go by numbers i have my own weird idiotic system in my head of you know, making sure I'm on time and I'm making sure I'm in the groove. Like my clicks are so fucking weird and and screwed up just because it's, it's tuned to how I feel the songs out in my head. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to make any metric modulation stuff feel as simple as possible when I'm playing it. Like that may not be the correct way to approach it, but it's just how my brain operates. And so I, I encourage anyone to, you know, who, you know, takes a stab at like learning our stuff to just do the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not like there's any one way of playing it. Like, the, you know, it's all interpretation for sure. Yeah, that's anything um, musical. As far as I'm concerned, anyways, I am not musically educated, one would say. So, Me uh, <laughs> did you, so you didn't go to school for drums or anything like that? Did no, you take I, lessons? I just, you know, my grandpa and uncle like gave me like the basic you know, like footsteps, like, you know, the, the foundation of just playing like some rock beats and songs. And then I did, um, I did school band in sixth grade because I, because I was told, um, that seventh grade, like in seventh grade band is when they start incorporating the drum set. And that's what I had my eyes set on. And when I got to the first day of seventh grade, they fired the whole music department and had a new music uh, department they were like, oh, yeah, full drum sets, not the eighth grade band. And I was so sick of playing the simple, boring crap that I was playing in sixth grade band. And I was like, okay, well, where do I quit? Because I'm over yeah. this shit. And that's the day and you th- dropped out of school and just played drums all day. That's it. Damn straight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I wanted to at that point. I was so let down because it was like the one thing I was looking forward to. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, and when I look back on it, you know, I really do wish I stuck with it. I kind of wish I had done like marching band and stuff like that and learned, uh, you know, or like got more familiar with the rudiments early on because I feel like I would be like a better drummer and have a better understanding of what I'm doing and maybe would have approached things a little bit differently, but I didn't. So anyone listening who is, you know, say a younger drummer or something like that, maybe in school still or whatever, and and they're not feeling school band, just stick with it because, uh, you know, it can really help in the long run. Like some, some of the greatest drummers like in the world, you know, did, they stuck it out and they, they did jazz band, marching band, whatever it may be. And, you know, their hands are flying nowadays or they have that good limb independence and all that shit. So I highly re- recommend sticking with it because I didn't. And now I'm I'm struggling to get through stuff sometimes. 
Dude, it is a struggle. Like, I, do, I didn't start playing drums till I was 18. So I was oh, wow. already far, like, I was, I was right in the headspace of I want to party and hit things and just play fast and it's going to be cool. Right. And then I never took the time or had the like, I had the discipline to practice, but I didn't know what the fuck I was practicing. I just wanted to play fast because I thought that right. that was cool, which it, it is. Playing fast is super cool, kids. Don't forget it. So uh, just practice your blast beats. And, but I didn't know like proper rudiments or anything like that. So even now I'm like going back to like basics and like really, really trying to like bang it in my head like all like the extreme basic rudiments and everything like that even now at like fucking 34 years old you know and i just wish that i a had started playing drums earlier and b uh when i did start i got some lessons and i i really took the uh rudiments and everything like that seriously uh rather than just wanting to play blast beats and fast double kick you know, like it, it's cool yeah. and all, but like I do enjoy playing other genres of music, you know, not just yeah, fast absolutely. power metal. And like, you know, you, you started by building your foundation and now you're kind of going back and you're curious about like the foundation uh, or the, you know, the basic like rudiments and all that stuff. So, you know, I don't think there's any right way to uh, approach drums. You know, everybody's different and everyone's going to learn in their own way. And, you know, you and I are in the same boat that way. We're like, now we're we're you know focusing on on rudiments and stuff like that, and trying to incorporate it better in our music and and whatnot. Like, you know, if I had done that earlier on, things would be different. But you know, this is where I'm at now, and this is how I'm approaching it. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, keep on doing what you're doing. That's it, man. Just keep working hard, and you know, all your dreams will come true. Maybe. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right, sick, dude. All right, let's give a shout out to some of these uh, endorsers. Considering you, uh, kind of more recently, uh, joined the Los Cabos team. Indeed, I have. Yeah, I am now uh, a part of the Los Cabos drums drumsticks uh, family, and it's awesome. Feels really good. Uh, the sticks are amazing. Uh, what do you Again, play? Shout what do you out to to Bryce Butler for getting me uh, hooked up with them? Oh, that's sick, man! I wonder how did he get hooked up with them in the first place? Now I'm curious. Yeah, um, that uh, that I don't know. But uh, I was kind of complaining about the drumsticks I was using on the road because I bought a whole mess of them, and they were breaking on me so so fast. And obviously, yeah, there's times in the set where I would just go full caveman mode and just start hitting super hard because I like to just. I like to make it appear like I'm enjoying myself to the crowd. I don't just want to be that stiff drummer if I don't have to be. Right. So I would hit a little extra hard, and then I'd be destroying, like, a pair or two a night, and that wasn't good for my wallet, and it wasn't good for me, like, you know, being out on the road, like, not being able to find a guitar center at times. So Bryce came to me in my time of need and, and showed me his sticks, which were the... Uh, red hickory rock sticks and that's now what i use because they are by far the sturdiest feeling sticks that i've ever used um and they're even a little bit like a hair thinner than what i was using so he really like came to me at that time of need and was like yeah you should hit him up i'll uh 
let them know that you're interested and you know it should make the process a lot smoother and sure enough it, it was and you know they got it hooked up immediately they sent me out a couple pairs to try and the sure enough the red the red hickory rocks are amazing so big shout out to them love them good they are always looking for more guys to play the red hickory i play the white hickory i don't know i could never get into the red hickory i don't know why but they just didn't, didn't feel as nice as the white hickory but man understandable I, yeah i uh I, I play everything from the rock the two b's the five b's and the 55 ab's I, I love the 55 ABs, actually. They're, like, super cool feel to them. So Okay. Yeah, but they're yeah. not they're, – they're nowhere close to a rock, like, as far as size and weight. Um, I just like them for playing more, I guess, like, rock type of stuff where I, I want more dexterity uh, in, in my playing. Uh, you do play a lot of ghost notes and everything, though. So Yeah. Yeah, but super – heavy handed on those fucking backbeats so yeah yeah for sure i like to keep my dynamics very dynamic so um but yeah and the the rocks like for me like especially with what they have available right now i know they're they uh they mentioned that they're they're working on some new models and uh i mentioned to them like my comfort specs and what i what i've been using and if they were to incorporate that in the Red Hickory, I'd, I'd love to try those out. But, yeah, the Rocks are doing a very good job at keeping me satisfied right now. And uh, so, yeah, l- luckily, you know, they will have more options available in the Red Hickory because um, my comfort zone is usually uh, a 2B but longer. So, like, mm-hmm. just over, like, 16 and a half inches long and then, you know, the, the butt of, like, a 2B, uh, like, with a short taper. But unfortunately, that like they didn't have that available at the time. But like the rocks are doing a fantastic job, like holding up. So I have no complaints about those right now. But I'm excited to see what they they come out with in the future too. Absolutely, fucking Los Cabos sponsors every episode of this podcast. So there's a nice little endorsement plug. We love Los Cabos drumsticks. You guys are fucking awesome. Phil and the gang, you guys the rule. best. Woo. <laughs> And you play the uh, the fancy shoes, the fancy jump shoes. Um, v- yeah, I mean, I, I used to. Uh, I I actually haven't uh, used them in a quite a, quite a while, but they are awesome. Though I, I'll never uh, I'll never say anything bad about them. Um, yeah, just kind of got more comfortable uh, just using like kind of my everyday shoes. Um, but you know, so I, I, once I get comfortable with something, I, I kind of am afraid to stray from it, but yeah, I mean, still shout out to, to Veratum, uh, drum shoes. They're, they're fantastic and highly recommend people check them out. I'm so glad to see that like they've grown so much as a company since I first started using them like back in like 2014 or something. Oh, wow. Eh? Dude, yeah, is that sick. like right when, uh, DB drum shoes went under? Cause, oh wow, man! I'm so I I'm glad somebody else stepped in to fill that market. But man, I I played on uh, played with a, a pair of the DB drum shoes, uh, which are like semi similar type of idea to them. But uh, I played on them for like five or six years, um, and then I went to get a new pair because they were just completely fucking worn out. And Damn. they were they went under and they had like a two pairs left on their site and that was it. And I was like, Oh fuck. What am I gonna do? 
So that I sucks. ended up getting a pair of uh, uh, Vradom shoes, and uh, I don't I don't like them as much. They don't. Uh, I have wider feet, so I uh, they just yeah. don't fit nicely for me. Yeah, I, I hear that. That's a pretty common thing. So yeah. if you got them wide feet, gotta look elsewhere. Yeah, that's it. And I, I have I have shoes that I, I've worn for years, but honestly, recently my fucking everyday uh fucking vans are perfect. Like I, I love them now. I don't know. Same. I started just showing up to rehearsal and just sitting behind the kit and playing and now I'm playing in jeans and my vans and it feels great. So I'm not switching it. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying, man. Because like when I'm on tour, like I have stage clothes you know yeah dedicated just for that and like so to not only like change out like of my day clothes but then to also like change shoes i'm just like ugh. like is, is it really necessary like i feel fine playing in my vans like half the time like at home i'm just like playing in my vans anyway so like that's kind of where i was at and you know obviously not, not a slight to to Verodum whatsoever I, I i know a ton of you know my friends like they they really feel the most comfortable in them and clearly they they did a great job at designing a shoe that works great for drummers like the grip on those things are incredible but yeah if if you got wide feet or you know if you're more comfortable playing in in your vans and whatnot then you know just stick with that you know everyone's different i also play swivel most of the time so it the grip on them kind of worked against me to a degree Mm. um interesting yeah, and I just found I was just wearing them down. I was like, oh, I need something that is just like kind of more like a blank bottom. So yeah, yeah, it does for make swivel. Sense. Yeah, I just want something fucking normal. Now, now I'm doing more double strokes because like I'm getting old and lazy. So <laughs> I don't want to play sixteenths at uh, two ten for seven minutes straight uh, oh, single strokes. God, like, like a nightmare. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Oh, man. Playing fucking fast power metal type stuff is just like, God damn. Why did I write these parts? <laughs> right? Dude, I yeah. so badly, like, because I, I love, uh, you know, death core and death metal, like faster styles of drumming and stuff. But I, I so badly want to play double strokes and I just cannot achieve it. Everyone's like, oh, you just got to really dedicate time to it. I'm like, anytime I do, it just doesn't come out right. Mm-hmm. But I swear, the two times that I've done it successfully, it was on other people's kits with, like, their pedals. Like, I can never do it on my own. And I, I have Trick Pro 1V Bigfoots, and those, like, should be perfect for it. A lot of my friends who who use those absolutely dominate doubles in, on with those pedals. Yeah, But the two times I did it, was when we were on tour with signs of the swarm and we you know uh their drummer was like chilling like like eating and he was like you want to just go like sound check the kit for me i was like i would love to because you know no matter what like how different our setups are it always just excites me to get on someone else's drum kit and i feel like a lot of drummers can say the same absolutely so i hopped up on uh the drummer at the time's kit and i just got up there and he he had the uh the axis pedals and i just decided to give it a shot and effortlessly I was doing doubles and I was like oh my god what is happening right now I was so thrilled my whole my my whole band was looking at me like holy shit you can do it see now we're gonna write deathcore shit I was like no no we're not doing that <laughs> and then again uh when we just did that tour a couple months ago with Lorna Shore it was the same thing Austin uh 
I think he was getting something backstage, and Adam was like, all right, hurry up. We need a drummer up here to finish the sound check. So I I hopped up, and I I got on the kit, and I did, like, you know, snare hat kick and just decided to give it a shot. And once again, effortlessly on Axis pedals, I just was able to do doubles. So, like, I'm considering getting a pair of Axis, even though I'm really not a fan of of how lightweight those pedals are, Mm -hmm. just to, like, experiment and try to see if I can rip doubles because if I can... Who knows? Maybe I can incorporate it into Sentinel's music in the future, like when it comes to a faster bit. But at the same time, I, I try to stray away from making us more of a deathcore band because I know that's not what we are. So I don't want to confuse people even more on what genre we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, right? I don't like. I think at this point, like you kind of got it locked in, uh, and you're able to achieve everything that you need to. Uh, and I would say even more uh, with this music, like. I don't know. Everything you're doing is working, so don't don't put too much stress on just trying to go fast, I guess. No, no, and that's the thing is because I never really stress on going fast. So like mm-hmm. that's that's like my prairie on the other side. I'm just like I want to I want to get there. But like I just I have no need for it, but it's more so just the want to do it just so I I can say that yes, I can play notes that fast. Yeah. See, so. I I play on I've I have two main sets of pedals, and one is uh, the the access access longboards, and then I have just like the the super like old like A one two or A two ones or something like that, mm-hmm. um, and then I have a set of uh, trick dominators that are my like main pedals are my tricks, and I yeah. find I can do doubles on my tricks, but it's very difficult on the access. So. Yeah, and honestly, I need to like, I need to do something with those Axis pedals because like I I hate playing on them now, and I've played on other people's sets of Axis, and I love it, and it feels so good. So I don't know if, if I'm setting them up incorrectly or I just need to clean them or something. I don't know because I cannot get them to feel natural for me. So, but yeah, for- I mean, take maybe take the pedals, you know, to like whatever friends kit or whoever else you know that like when you're sitting down and you're like okay this feels good and like try to just match their settings if anything and see if it works Mm -hmm. for you like with your own pedals and if it's not just that then maybe it is like an an issue of like needing deep cleaning or like replacement parts because that's the thing about us drummers that every guitarist who says oh i wish i played drums instead no you don't yeah you got a lot more shit to worry about it sucks it but it's just it's what we it's who we are now and it's it's our cross to bear is dealing with a million pieces and replacements for every little thing so yeah yeah we won't even stick, get in stick into... with your axes and and shred away <laughs> dude i want to be a guitar player are you kidding me it's so easy like i don't say it's easy to play but like <laughs> everything else about the instrument like the physical playing of it and learning the instrument whatever like I'll, I'll worry about that later, but everything else is just so easy. Guys just show up with a case. That's it, you know, and then whatever. They can have, like, now they, now you can just get pedals, and that's your whole amp. Like, seriously, dude? <laughs> Fuck off. Pretty much. It's fucked up. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> like, dude, if I, I can't just show up with a set of sticks to a gig. Like, Nope. That, that doesn't work like that. No. Fuck. Dude. My brother sent me a clip from like this this meme page on Instagram. Uh, it, it's like a, it's it's pretty much a meme page, I, I guess. It's on Instagram. It's called 
catatonic youths. And it's just a bunch of clips of like really, really, really bad bands or bad live performances or just like things that like kind of just make you wince, I guess. And uh, there's there they posted on their story one day. It was this like death grind band or something like that. And the drummer was playing on like a little like pad, like not like a, a pad with sticks. He had no it was like an electronic pad, like just hooked up to the PA and he's just playing blast beats, like touching his little like the module or whatever the fuck he was doing. And I was like, oh, my God. Not only does that dude have the easiest setup of all drummers, but that that's just awful. I'd rather have my tons of pieces than get up on stage with like a little computer or a little device, like tr like playing drums. Like they were playing on a festival stage, like with in what? front of a lot of people. And I was like, this is your act. Like, this is what you do. It was so painful to see. And so yeah. I'm, it's funny. It's like a, a double edged sword. We're, we're like, we hate carrying all the shit, but we'd rather do that than be that guy. Dude, and I, I play, like, two kick drums. Um, for the most part, I, I've always played three racks, two floors, and, like, rack set up. Like, I like to have a big kit. Like, I, you know, I yeah. I need my my kit to make up for something, right? But um, <laughs> it's... Uh, it, I I would always care. I'd never complain, no matter how many stair carries. Which your Toronto date is at Hard Luck Bar. Um, uh, if you guys want a hand, it's the th it's a three flight, uh, stair carry. So you know, I'll I'll help you guys out if you want. Uh, in the that's winter a, too, fuck, dude. So that's like it's like getting punched in the face twice. Yeah, dude. February twenty seventh. It's gonna be cold as fuck. It's gonna suck. God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, it's uh, so I'll never complain though about carrying my kid upstairs, man, uh, I, or carrying it in anywhere or whatever. Everyone else would complain about it, uh, but I it won't be me. So you know, I I love having two kick drums and having a six setup. I I bitch at all my friends who, um, and they know exactly who they are. Uh, who have these tiny little like punk rock setups yet they play in these like big metal bands and I'm like guys come on you're like selling out these all these fucking rooms like a thousand cap every night and you're playing on a fucking three piece kit come on like I mean do, do they do it with ease or is it difficult for them no like they they play well on it and stuff but like if uh, they should. I. I don't know. I. F I think that they should have, you know, m a bigger kit. Like, come on, at least two kick drums. Come on, <laughs> at, at least know. two kick drums. Like yeah. the the biggest and, and the heaviest part to carry. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine, dude. I have offered to drum tech for them like multiple times, so I don't care. Mm -hmm. The offer still stands every single day. Like, just you want me to drum tech for you? I'll carry all your drums. I'll make them sound beautiful. You don't have to do lift a finger, all right? Treat them like gods. It's fine. You're a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> See, the hard, the most annoying part about my setup is the hardware. Yeah. Because my shit is, like, super, like, in-depth, like, all over the place, things pointing out everywhere because I like my symbols and everything to be in a certain spot, and I like to have an array of symbols but, like, with a pretty minimalist Tom setup. So I have, like, one rack, like, up top and then a floor tom on each side. Oh, cool. And my snare and my kick. 
And then I have, you know, all my symbols, which I have my hi-hats, two crashes, my china, my ride. But then I have a splash, two bells, and a stack. So it's like, it's a lot of a lot more cymbals and drums for sure. And I just always kind of looked at it from, because when I was a kid, I was extremely obsessed with Mike Portnoy and I had his DVD in constant motion. And the whole second disc of that DVD was him like focusing on like the work he did with his side projects and like the different setups you would use for that. So even when he used like tiny little like pieces like from his like big drum kits for like these sessions, he still wanted a big array of cymbals. And I always liked that and respected that because then you get more textures and, and uh, a wider array of sounds. Because I, I don't know, I'm not that kind of drummer who is like totally cool with just playing with two crashes, hats, a ride, and a china. I like my little bells and whistles mm -hmm. because I feel like that just makes the overall drum sound and, and like the approach to writing drum parts a little bit more creative or a little bit more expansive. Oh, for sure. And I, I always prefer to switch my kit up at least like a little bit, depending on um, which band I'm playing with or a project or anything like that, just so I can get a slightly different feel. Right. Like Definitely. even even if it's like the same like type of metal, I still like to switch like something up within the setup just to give it something different. So I know that's like, no, it's this, this band. So I'm using like this, a different splash or something, even, even just changing out one symbol, you know, can make a world of difference for me personally. And anyway, zero people are going to notice in the crowd or <laughs> listening to the album, but it's for me, you know, definitely. And, and I want to do the same thing. Sometimes I want to switch things up and I'm like, I don't know what to switch up. And also like, I don't have much room for switching things up because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I don't know. I always get afraid if I, if I change my setup dramatically or at least I move one symbol from one side of the kit to the other, then, like, I'm going to have to relearn, like, the motor functions on, like, how to play this part but in a different different way. I don't know. It, it can be a little daunting sometimes, like, approaching things with a different setup, but um, it's something I, I need to do just so I don't get, like, stale or stuck in the same spot or become uh less motivated yeah i know some guys they just start taking stuff away like they're just like uh, my one buddy he's like yeah i just have a floor tom and a snare now you know and then like a, a, a array of symbols and stuff but they're like yeah no i'm just not i have no rack toms anymore that's it you know I have to get creative with one floor tom, and that's it. I'm like, that sounds punishment. Like that, that's punishment to me. You know, like no, I like my fun floor, my my rack toms, and all that fun stuff to hit. Yeah, I don't, I don't like to make things difficult for myself just for the sake of it. But I get it. I get the approach. Yeah. Well, everybody's different on what they need to become more creative right and that was his approach to it was like i need to strip my kit down to almost nothing and then i will you know that will kind of bring out the creativity in what i want to do i guess you know yeah absolutely yeah. for me it's like give me more i want more stuff <laughs> <laughs> i mean for the for the type of music that you're playing like you know the way you described it to me that that sort of setup makes sense yeah, my setup's been pretty much the, well, you know what? I'm using less rack toms now because my new kit, I only got a 10 
uh, and a 12. No 8-inch uh, rack tom. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to Mapex and probably get an 8-inch one and, and slap it in there because I miss it. I miss three rack toms. I love Oh, dude, it's super fun. Yeah, it is, man. Doing those fills just... Oh, it's oh, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, so much fun. Uh, all right, dude. Um, I guess on that note, we've been talking here for a while, man. So um, uh, you got uh, some awesome stuff coming up. Uh, you have this tour that we kind of touched on uh, in February that is... Uh, that's kind of all East Coast stuff here, right? Um, yeah, it's it's all East Coast. Like the furthest we're going is, I'm pretty sure, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everything is uh, pretty much East Coast. Uh, that's with Boundaries, Vatican, and 156 Silence. Um, so yeah, uh, check out the tour dates on our social media and pick up your tickets if you're interested in coming to a show. We'd love to see you there. Hopefully, uh, we get to see you there. Um, you know, hopefully, if uh, we're allowed in Canada, we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Not looking forward to the cold. So come out and cheer us up because we're not stoked when we're out in the cold. So yeah, yeah, dude. come out, show us a good time. Let's uh, let's rip these shows. Let's have a good time. Yeah, it's starting to get cold here too. I know I did a tour uh, a while back now, um, but uh, we did one in January, and it was like ten or twelve dates or something, um, just in Canada, and it sucked. It was like, oh, yeah. dude, I'll never do it again. Like, I will never tour in the winter again because of that tour. And we were sleeping in our van most nights, like idiots. Like it yeah. was just because we wanted to save money, right? Like I swear, we almost died. Like it was yeah. so fucking cold, yeah. Yeah, it it's, it's not fun sleeping in the van in, in the in the cold weather for sure. I mean, hell, we did it like just in October or well, mostly November, and like just the cold hit out of nowhere. And and even on some nights when it was like thirty degrees, like we want to fucking die. So I can only mm-hmm. imagine like how much worse it is like over in Canada when it gets cold because we've only ever played in Canada like in the spring and summertime. Yeah, and that's fine, but. The winters I hear are pretty grueling, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, man. Well, that specific winter was rough. Like it was like minus fifteen to twenty every night, and like, dude, we it was rough. Anyways, yeah. So you guys got that, and then you guys head off to Europe and UK with uh, with Fit for an Autopsy uh, in yes. May, which is super sick. Yes, God willing that that all uh, that it all still works out. We will we will be hitting uh, a ton of different countries and a lot of different spots uh, with Fit for an Autopsy, Enterprise Earth, um, Un Misere, and Great American Ghost. So that is going to be an awesome first trip over to Europe. Fuck yeah, Fit for an Autopsy guys are super sick. I know uh, I've been uh, talking to Hossein for like fuck seems like the last four months trying to get him on the podcast. So anybody listening, he will be on an upcoming episode. We're trying to work out dates, but Fit is on the road right now. So once I get off, we'll be having a chat. Um, but yeah, all those guys I I've met them a couple times before, and they're fucking super sick. So I'm sure they're gnarly guys to tour with. Oh yeah, I can't wait, dude. It's it's definitely an honor to to even be asked uh, to 
to go like overseas with them like i've been such a fan of them since i first heard them so Mm -hmm. definitely a a big one for us for sure their new album came out today too didn't it yes i uh have been meaning to finish it i started it uh earlier today and man it it kicks ass that (sighs) that band can do no wrong in my opinion dude because their last record like uh it's still my uh, morning alarm um whatever the nice. first track is off that the last record um yeah see a tragic beasts yeah that's still like my i wake up to that every single morning still i love damn. it damn um, that's awesome but uh yeah so i was i've i've been check like listening to the sentinels record and uh the new um shadow of intent album all day and so I'm like, I totally, I, I heard about the, the Fit record being released, but I got to check it out. So I'm excited. That's tomorrow morning is like when I wake up and do my fucking workout and all that, I'm going to fucking blast that Fit record because I'm sure it is awesome to hit the gym with. So 100%. Yeah. A lot, a yeah. lot of great music today. So, uh, lots to, lots to check out. Um, we got new Fit for an Autopsy, new Shadow. Enterprise Earth, um, oh, a new single from Darko, new single from Born Anew, tons of uh, awesome music today. So uh, yeah, a lot for everybody to check out if, if they're not in the loop. Fuck, it feels good, man. It feels really good to have all these killer bands releasing music because it was, I would say like uh, maybe about a year ago or so, it was getting really scary because bands, every band was holding back their albums. They're like, oh, no, we don't want to release yeah. it until we can tour. And I remember talking to some people that's just like, there's going to be be a Friday where no metal bands, at least, release an album. Like, like that's a scary fucking day when not a single album in the metal genre, at least, like, comes out. You know? Yeah, like, it was tough, man. That, that was why our album uh, didn't come out until the time it did. It, it was done and submitted like over a year before it came out. So, I mean, we just had a lot to sit on and a lot of other pieces to, to put together to make sure that the release was, you know, beneficial to us, like especially being a smaller band. So, yeah, it's it's it was definitely a tough time. And, and I definitely feel for all the bands that had to push back their releases or hold it, you know, for a certain time. But uh mm-hmm. You know, it seems like a lot of bands really did succeed, uh, even with releasing it during quarantine and all that stuff. So, you know, good for them, man, because that's fucking awesome. Yeah, man. It feels it's starting to feel good. Like, even though, like, we're we're kind of in a lockdown ish kind of phase up here right now. um, It is kind of starting to feel just like I don't want to say normal because it's not normal. Nothing's normal or ever really will be anymore. But it's. It's just starting to feel a little little better, like seeing all these tours uh, get announced and actually happening. I know a lot are getting postponed, but I'm starting to become more uh, more confident that those postponed dates will actually happen. Uh, once we get yeah. through this winter, I think that we have a better kind of understanding and, and, and hold on, on what's going on right now to a degree. Better than we did a year ago. Okay, I'll say that. Better than sure. a year ago, yeah. Because we were fucked a year ago, man. Oh my god, but it was rough, uh, man. Yeah, but I'm hoping for uh, for better times and and more guaranteed shows to happen all over the place. So 
Yeah, man. Absolutely. I, uh, I hope the best for you on these, uh, upcoming tours and I'm sure you'll have more tours throughout the summer and all that shit. So, uh, yeah, hopefully you guys make it up to Canada, man. Cause it'd be sick to, to hang out and get to see you shred these songs live. Oh my God. Yeah, man. Dude. I'm, I'm hoping for it. I, I miss our ca- uh, Canadian fans. Uh, they're, they're fucking awesome. And you guys are rowdy as hell. And I love that. Our, our band lives for that shit. So hell yeah, man. I can't, I can't wait to get back to see you guys. Dude, hard luck will be a great venue for that shit too. I, I know yes. I, I saw Fit for an Autopsy there years ago and it was fucking mental, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. It's worth the, uh, three stair flights carry of, drums whatever <laughs> i'll take yeah, your word for it uh well hopefully anyways oh the crowd should be man uh i could see definitely uh, everyone in toronto being uh really really into what you guys are doing so and uh anyone out there if you don't know sentinels go check them out their latest record collapse by design came out october 22nd on sharp tone records go fucking Check it out, buy it, support them. Uh, you guys got merch for sale? You guys got an official merch store or anything like that? We do, yes. It's on uh, Downright Merchandise. Um, just look for, uh, just go under artists and you'll be able to find our store on there. Sick. I will put links to all that shit in the show notes. Go fucking support these guys because they definitely deserve it and they're absolutely fucking incredible dave rocky thank you for joining me on uh, the we're talking drums podcast man thank you man it was an absolute pleasure really appreciate it One second, drums.